September something. Yes. So just start fresh. Just continue. Yes, we'll figure okay. Okay. So Kodesh gives a message to Cloud Yisrael. Each one of us has our unique relationship with Hashem. He has put us in this world under certain circumstances with our particular personalities, strengths, weaknesses, history, events, lessons, all the things we've been through. Your relationship with Hashem is not her relationship with Hashem. It is a completely different world. It's like Hashem sets the stage. He makes an entire stage for each person, places them on the stage, and makes all kinds of things happen. And we're going to keep talking about what our job is. So I think personally that right now the single most important thing is to live carbonated, which means that we stop and we think, I'm going to talk about that now before we get into our vision. I want to talk very straight and clear tonight because I, all, I feel very much under pressure to get you to a certain place, get you to a certain place, so you can start to see results. But for, we have to understand what we're dealing with. The most important thing is to know that he's giving us messages. That's what Hanukkah is all about. We have to talk about Hanukkah a little bit. But to segue into Hanukkah, I'm, I think I'm going to answer your question a little bit tonight. If I don't, tell me. I want to bring up something that nobody is bringing up, and I don't know if it's an issue, but it's, it's, it's in my head and it's weighing on me, and I think we have to respond somehow. I don't think it's politically uh, uh, correct to talk about this, but I don't see how we can move forward without talking about this. We all know that part of the plan, uh, are you okay with me bringing this up? You don't know what it is. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what you said, but it's better that way. Um, We all know what happened in Israel on October 7th. We all know that the brutal violation of women was a part of their plan. They have found the booklets with the directions for Hamas, for what to do when they massacre the Jews. And one of the intentional things was to violate women the way that they did. Torturously, brutally, killing them and torturing them through their violation of women. This was intentional. Hamas knows what they're doing. They want to destroy the Jewish people. They are Yishmael, and they are very open about destruction of the Jews. That's what they want. They would be happy to kill every Jew in the charter, uh, of course, in Mohammed's Quran, every infidel should be killed, not just the Jews, but the Jews in particular. They knew, they knew something was, something about this. It's not like another army where they're let loose on people, so of course they rape people. No, that's not what they did. This was one of their weapons. And I'm saying to myself, why, why, why? And then I look at Greece. Now, you see in certain places that they say that Yishmael and Greece have things in common. That Yishmael now has taken on some of the pieces of Greece. And I look at the Hanukkah story. Now, in the Hanukkah story, they did many, many things to destroy the Kedusha, the holiness of the Jewish people. I'm assuming that you're aware of that. Right? I just, just briefly, I'll show you this. I just, I just jotted this down because Hanukkah's coming up in two days, and we want to take advantage of its power and its kedusha. So, uh, to me, Hanukkah is living carbonated. 
That's exactly what it is. I want to just explain that a little bit here. Take the word Chashmonai. Chashmonai is the family of the Kohanim of, of Matisio Kohen Gadol, right? He was Chashmonai and, and his sons and how they fought the Greeks. So here, this they, they, there's so much written about Hanukkah. One of the things is the, their, their efforts to take away the Kedusha of Klai Yisrael. Here is a list. It's like an anagram from the name Chashmanoi that shows the things that were forbidden for the Jews to do. They were forbidden to celebrate Rosh Chodesh because anything that had to do with the Kedusha of time, no, there's no such thing. Remember, they're all about nature, about the human ability to think, to plan, science, sports, bodybuilding. There was nothing behind that, right? It's all, there is no God, there is no relationship, there is no death behind it. Therefore, you can't keep Rosh Chodesh. You also <coughs> can't keep Shabbos. Shabbos, of course, is, our, is the, the source of all Kedusha in our lives. Men, Mila, you don't circumcise, you don't destroy the human body. You don't do anything to cut off, to, 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 to denigrate the human body. The human body is beautiful the way it is and has a purpose and it's, and it's great and that's why we build it and that's why it has such beauty. Nun, Nida. They knew that the Jews used a mikvah. Their families have Kedusha. Their job was to wipe out the Kedusha of Klai Yisrael. They closed all the mikvahs. And there is a, there, they say that in every house a mikvah appeared. A mikvah just, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu sent a mikvah in every home. Whatever that means. So that women would be able to use the mikvah. This was what they were trying to, to destroy. Now, the Aleph is Erusa, and I want to explain to you about this, which I'm sure you've heard before, but let's just look at it. Because this is a technique of Greece, who is trying to destroy us from the inside. Any girl who was engaged had to spend a night with a Syrian Greek officer before she could get married. That was the rule. They even had a special officer called a Tafsar. It was called a Tafsar which is basically violating every girl before she gets married. No girl was allowed to be married without first spending the time with the Tafsar. He was appointed to that. As a matter of fact, there are many, many different versions of Yehudas who we talk about. That's why we keep dairy foods on Hanukkah because she took dairy foods to Heliphornus, the general, and fed them to him. So there's a whole... Some say that she was a sister of the five sons of Matisio. Some say it was a different Yehudas. It's very unclear. She's the one who put a stop to this. And that's why we make a whole thing about Yehudas. She went on her wedding day, according to one version, to Heliphornis and fed him these foods. And I guess she was with him. And then afterwards, because he drank all the milk, foods and everything, he fell asleep. She cut off his head. She brought it back. They put it up on the wall of the Yerushalayim. That was the end of the Tafsar idea. They didn't do it again after that. But you see, there is a pattern here. And I, I can't help thinking about the pattern because in all of our colios, this, this, they, in trying, they try to keep the husbands and wives from each other. And it's, it's, they know our strength. They know what keeps us going. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, when, when the Jewish, the Kedusha and the, the the honor and respect and dignity of the Jewish woman is broken, 
cloudy is broken, and vice versa. It happens when we're broken. When we're not broken, it doesn't happen. And I, I think we need to think about this. This just happened to so many girls, not women. Girls, young, young girls. Their pelvises were broken. They found their bodies afterwards. Their pelvises were broken. They were gang raped. They were raped until they were dead in horrible pain. Why did they do that? This is a message. I can't, I, I and I'm not, I, I haven't heard one speech about it. I haven't heard one speech about it. And then we read in last week's partial about Dina and her brothers wiped out the whole city. The son of Seth, and they were, they were Chayyab, the whole city was Chayyab Misa because he didn't have the proper laws and things in place. But somebody responded. No one's talking about this. Why? And why aren't we as Jewish women, to, my gosh, for one child to be violated like this is horrific forever. Dozens? Dozens to be murdered that way? And then they're dragging their, their, their bodies into Gaza and everybody cheering? Something's off. Something's off. And it's off with us. And I'm not saying we're bad. Please don't hear it that way. We are half asleep all the time. Do we even recognize the kedusha, the awesomeness of a Jewish woman and what she builds? A Jewish woman has chachma. Chachma's notion once a She has bina yisera. You know what chachma really is? Chachma is when you're yiras Hashem, when your awe of God and you're living according to His standards is greater than your convenience. That's chachma. That's who we are. That's who we've always been. That's what we do. My question is, can we look at the Kedusha of the Jewish woman and see how we can build it? I just, I just have to say this because it is so egregious. It is so evil. They knew what to do. They know it's better than we do. They knew just what to do. They knew how to do it. So I just, I had to say that because living carbonated, living in what Hanukkah is asking us to do means living awake and aware. That's what we're trying to do. We would rather sleep. It's our nature. Everything's fine. I don't need to take a step forward. It's too hard. You're demanding too much of me. I don't have the time. Yes, this is draining. What more can we do in response to what Hashem is bringing in this world? I don't know if you heard in the news today in, in Philadelphia. Maybe it happened yesterday. Did you hear about this? This woman who owns, Jewish woman who owns a falafel store, an Israeli falafel store in Philadelphia. Goldie is her name, and it doesn't, I don't know how many people, a huge crowd of Palestinians came outside and they stood there and they said, Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide, we charge you with genocide. Just mm-hmm. she's doing genocide because she's Jewish? And then in Virginia, in this big arts festival, where every year they light their, their tree and they light a menorah, and this year they won't light a menorah because it might make people feel like they're taking sides. So you see, these are messages to us. These are messages. And our response is not to hide, but to take a stand. Notice my Torah earrings? Oh, no, I'm not wearing them. I took them off. I was in school today. (laughs) Um, 
so when I went to the rally, I wore my Torah earrings and I wore my mug and dove it. And I saw a lady there, I don't know if I told you, with huge mug and doves. Did I mention that to you? With huge earrings that were mug and doves. We don't hide. We have to take the Or Haganos, the light of the menorah. The light of the menorah is the light of Hashem's Torah, His truth, what He wants for us. We don't just light the menorah, we absorb the menorah. Take the time in front of the candles to talk, talk Hashem, for the Benish Chai says, there's a moment of great kedusha for women in particular because of how they created the nasal Hanukkah. Take advantage. We're all going to light the menorah in our homes. That's the avoda we have to do. We have to be awake and aware. Which leads me to the next thing that I wanted to share. I want to tell you a little story about my grandfather, Rabbi Yaakov Yitzchak Ruderman, so that you can understand what I'm getting at. So... He was, um, he went to learn in Slabotka when he was very, very young. His mother died when he was two, and he was, um, he went to learn, and he went, you've probably all heard of the author of Slabotka, Rav Nassim Finkel. He was also called the Saba of Slabotka, and he was a builder of Gedolim. He was a builder of greatness. Many, many, many of the, of the top leaders from the mid-1900s till now in Israel, in America, were fashioned and built and molded by him in his yeshiva. My grandfather, from a very young age, was his student. And the altar took him in his hands and made many decisions about his life for him. For instance, when he was in his mid-teens, he decided one sukkis, decided one, the Elul, I guess, that between sukkis and Pesach, he was going to finish all of Shas. He wasn't evil, he was a genius, and he was going to do all of Shas, which takes years and years and years. He was going to learn the whole Shas, which was a very big deal. The altar gets a letter that my grandfather's father died. This was sometime in Tishrei, Tishrei-ish. He gets a letter that, is, that this boy, this Yaakov Yitzchak's father had died. And he decided he's not going to tell him. Because if he tells him, it's going to disturb what he took on to do, which was to finish shots. He didn't tell him till Erev Pesach. Mm. By Erev Pesach, it's considered a shnua rechoka. It's a distant thing that happens. So we sat Shiva for one hour. That was it. So I'm just saying this because now you hear the relationship. He sort of took over molding him. Now I want you to hear this following story because then I'm going to take this and I'm going to do one of our pages. And you might not like it. I'm just telling it to you. So when he was very young, his young teens, he was in Slobodka learning. I think he even stayed in the Alter's house for a while. He treated him like a son. And he started collecting pennies, just pennies, 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 because he really wanted to buy a pair of woolen tzitzis, which is the, the, the best way to fulfill the mitzvah of tzitzis is with woolen tzitzis. He was very poor. He had no money. So he collected pennies, pennies, pennies for a long time. And he finally went and he bought himself a pair of woolen tzitzis. And he comes back to the, to the yeshiva, to the house, and he, he sees the altar and he says to him, I just bought woolen tzitzis. I saved up for I don't know, a year, whatever, and I bought myself woolen tzitzis. And the altar says to him, maybe it would have been better if you bought a plain pair of cotton tzitzis and you gave the extra money to Tzvaka. So of course he was crestfallen because he thought he was doing a very great mitzvah, collecting all that money so he could 
have the will and tzitzis. Rabbi Yitzhak Isaac Sher, who was the mashkiach in Slabatka, and the son-in-law of the altar, who himself was a godol, you could read about him too, it's unbelievable, he happened to hear the interaction. So he came over to my grandfather, and he said to him, don't take it personally. If you had bought cotton tzitzis and gave the rest of the money to Tzvaka, he would have said to you, maybe you should have bought one tzitzis. <laughs> he just wants you to think. He wants you to be aware of what you're doing and why. We do things without thinking. It's just our nature. I remember my father's at Sal when sometimes a person would drive into a wedding out of town or to a, a conference for a bunny or something, and often he would say to the person, why did you switch lanes? And the person would say, what, 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 I don't understand. Why did you switch lanes? What he was trying to say is, what are you doing and why? Everything you do is your decision. Think. So I want to take you to page. We gave out all the pages for today. Please go to page 12. I want to take you into page 12 for a minute. As you can see, towards the bottom of the page, it shows the pair of woolen tzitzis, and it shows the stucca box. And it says, live in the tension. The best and talks about the oscillation from one thing to the next. We had shown that, remember, in last week when we were looking at our little booklet, we have our little booklets, and there's that page that shows the intertwining of the dark and the light, of the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hara, of the physical and the spiritual. It is a constant oscillation from one to the other. In that oscillation, in that tension, is greatness. Your tension about should I be doing all the things that Abundant are saying? Should I be doing what we're learning in Living Carbonated? What is the best thing for me to do? In that dilemma is greatness. It's not even so much what you choose. It's the choosing. It's the choosing. It's the being aware of both pieces. Now, I want to read with you from the Chazon Ish, a sefer called Emuna Ubitachon. I don't know if you know who the Chazon Ish was, but I mean, you know, when we're talking about giants, we're talking about absolute giants. So he wrote a book on faith in God and how to live and all of that. It's called Emuna Ubitachon. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. By the way, if you want to respond to the messages Hashem is giving us now, stop in the middle of the day, make a bracha on a cup of water, and recognize when you make the bracha that you are acknowledging that there's a creator, that he enables you to have water, that he created the ability to absorb, to digest, that you're alive because of him. And he is directing your life. Step into a portal of wholeness and connection by making a bracha. Think when you're making the bracha. You're in a different place. You've changed the world. 
Clearly, Hashem wants us to be aware of Him and to respond to Him. Make a bracha and then enjoy the delicious thing that Hashem has given us. It's delicious. <laughs> now, I'm going to read this to you. I want you to hear it. And don't take this on and say, oh my gosh, this is just too much. Just hear it and let it sit on your head, okay? This is from Herakotal in Amuna Abitakun. I'm going to read you the Hebrew because it's more, it, it, it's, it's, it, he says more than, than what the translation says. So listen. In essence, there's only one good mita and one bad mita. That's all there is. And he's going to tell you what they are. The bad mita is when you leave your life to your natural impulses, that is an evil mita. When you ignore your seichel, your higher things, you just, this is me, this is who I am. That is, listen to this, without any effort, if that's your mita, yishtalim b'mitos hara'oz kulan, you will become expert, complete, in every bad mida possible. Yihi kaisa mitsuyan, you will be an excellent anger person. No kei mitsuyan, you will be the ultimate in taking revenge. Geya mitsuyan, you will be the best arrogant person possible. V'chein hola, and, and continue. Lo yachsar lo mikol hamidos hara'os shamanu chachami me'uma. That person who ignores his higher self, and just goes according to his natural instincts, will have every single possible bad mita that Aruch HaChamit have, have laid out. He will be missing nothing. But that's how we like to be. I want to be me. I'm feeling angry now, so I'm just going to be, I'm sorry, I can't control it. And sometimes we can't. But what he's saying is, when you leave it to your natural instincts, Look at Hamas. They ain't doing no moral con correction of their midas. That's for sure. That's who we become. The Hamida Hatova, he has come up, Hamuchletes, the beaker as a reddish Hamusari, a reddish Hatabani. A person, the one Mida Tova is the decision, the absolute decision to prioritize. The musr, the way, the proper way of being over what we desire. Uminakuda zu, from this point, when a person makes a decision to try to master themselves, they're fighting all the bad midos all at the same time. It's one mida, it's a decision to work on mastering myself. He doesn't say that we achieve it, although he does say, he says it has to be an absolute commitment, and you have to go by your seichel. Okay, so let's, I'm not going to do the rest there, but he, he just talks about the happiness and the beauty that this brings. At the root of all the midos, there is one good midah and one evil midah. 
The evil nida is to allow one's life to take its natural course. Without any effort, one will excel in all evil nidas. Is there anybody there that has a goal of excelling in all the evil character traits possible? Anybody in here would like to do that? I don't think so. The good nida is the absolute decision to overpower one's natural desires with one's ethical yearnings. This is how one battles all this evil nidos, by using your seichel, your intelligence, and everything you learn about being a, a, a higher person. And it doesn't mean you have to get there. It means you have the desire and commit that's that. That is who you want to be. And if you think back in our little booklet to the five Neshama principles, you will see number four says, I practice self-discipline, self-control or self-discipline. What is it? Self-control. Self-control in tiny moments throughout the day. Not all the time. I can't be perfect all the time. But I can take one tiny moment and decide I'm going to do something positive instead of something negative. And then that's your Nida Tova. If you keep reading the Neshama principles, which open you up to the voice of your Neshama and practicing them and looking at them every day, you're doing what the Hosonish is talking about. I am committed to growing into a person that can master myself. And on the bottom of the page it says, we can develop into thinking people who are in control of ourselves as our actions will be guided by our seichel instead of our natural tendencies. Now that is a response to what is happening in this world. But it takes effort. It takes mental, emotional effort. It takes a decision. So, how do we go about making that decision and working on it? That's what we're going to do with our visions. Okay? So, we're going to start step one. Even though we're not always listening to the voice of our neshama even though we're not always feeling connected to Hashem and to other people, even though we don't know how to, how, to, uh, how to define our fears, but we can still create our vision while we're working on all the other pieces. Yes? Before you raise the word, what is the Yud? Oh, the Yud, yes, sorry. The Yud is Yichud Hashem. They, what is it? Yeah, the Yud is Yichud Hashem. Anything that had to do, even saying Shema, Anything that had to do with saying that Hashem Echad, which means everything that happens comes from Hashem. The good, the bad, and everything in between. So they, they try to destroy our connection to Hashem. That any one of these, the punishment would be death. But if you look at it, you see exactly what they're trying to do. They're cutting us off from the rebellion Shalom. So we want to live carbonated, where we're living with and for Hashem at a higher plateau. And it's going to take a long time. So I want to explain something about the vision that we're going to start now. We are going to start by making, if you take a look at page 10, each of us is going to make a personal vision. But please hear this. This personal vision now that we're working on is a general picture of what we want to create in our lives. What is the vision? We're going to work on this for a while, and then we're going to pare it down. And once you have visions, and if you'll notice, on page 11, 
you have two two copies. You're gonna you're gonna start with the one on page ten. And you're gonna make it. You're gonna go to one on page eleven, and you're gonna tweak it. It's gonna be better on page eleven than it was on page ten. And you're gonna go to the bottom of page eleven and tweak it again. So this, and you want to watch the progression that you have in your notebook. This is a private notebook. No one else is going to look in this. So you start with one. We're going to talk about how to do it. You do it again, tweak it. You do it again. Then, and this is very important, you take one small aspect of your vision, and we're going to play the six steps on that small aspect and create a vision of a tiny piece of our big vision. Because once you start doing the work on a small piece of your vision, it's gonna bleed into every aspect. So we have to do this a step at a time. And while we do this, we have to learn more about understanding ourselves, identifying our fears, figuring out what our bad mitos are so that we can try to master them. You see, it's all a process. And you don't have to succeed. He, you do have to somehow be engaged in the process. Yes? So, this is a response that I was supposed to have. Why don't we go like the perfect like, route? Like, why don't we sit for like three days, fast, mourn, really think about ourselves, think about Hashem, and like as a community make that decision versus that we have a where this is like an you know, it's, it says for those who, who aren't here, she just asked the question of why aren't we going the route of Purim where they took three days and they fasted and they davened and, um, and they did shuva all together. She says that might work better than just living our normal lives and listening to all these different rabbinim telling us different things. While we're living our normal lives, we're supposed to do all these other things. I have to tell you, I have asked my husband that several times recently. I've said to him, why aren't we making a day of fasting and tefillah? Everybody, men, women, and whatever children can do part of it, and we're in shul and we daven. Because when he was in the Six-Day War, they all went into shul and they stayed in shul the entire day. And they, they begged, they cried, they pleaded. They were surrounded by all of these armies of the Arabs. That's what they did. We're surrounded by a world that despises us and wants to kill us and is saying, Hitler didn't finish the job. They're saying Hitler didn't finish the job. I don't know. You're asking a great question. I believe that's what we should be doing. I believe every school should be closed. Every mother with all of her children and babies should be in shul. Every business person, every teacher, every rabbi, every Jew should be in shul from morning to night and we should not taste a drop, a drop of water or food and dive into Hashem. And we're up against Yishmael. Yishmael is the ultimate dominer. And we're up against Esau. There's a measure that says that Esau has so much tzchusim from the way he honored his parents. Clyde, so I'm sorry, you just can't win against him now. He's too much tzchus. What are we going to do? We have to dive in. We have to beg. And it bothers me that we're all going about our lives. It bothers me. But the people don't have their, their hostages back. And, and the hostage children came back and found out that their parents were killed. And then they have the other parents still as a, as a hostage. And, and people, people come back, their hostages, they didn't even know what happened. They're finding it out now. 
and all these beautiful young people that are dying, 18, 19, 20. There's a girl in school whose father's a doctor, and he's going to Gaza tonight. He's, he's a combat doctor. He's going to Gaza tonight. This is a, a, this, the, and, and 300,000 people out of their homes? And Hezbollah with 150,000 precision missiles? And they're not going to use them? And the Houthis and Iran? What are we doing? I really don't know. I keep saying to him, we've got to get everybody together and daven and fast. But that's not so simple. Not everybody's holding in this place. It's it's hard to, it's it's not so simple to have a community take on a fast. I don't know. Maybe the moment will come. I hope it doesn't. Well, we're going to have to do it. Why is it fast that it is that that is most effective? Why is it fast? Yeah. Why there's, a on the, there's a mitzvah on the there's a mitzvah on that when there is an esetzara, you're all of Chayus are supposed to fast and blow the chatzotzos. We don't have the chatzotzos, but we have been fasting at a time of tzara. For millennia. I thought there were so, people that fast every Monday and Thursday. Yeah, there are. There of course, are. there are always people like that. I'm just saying, I don't know how to answer your question because I agree with you. I think that we are sitting with our heads in the sand. I, I really do. I think we have our heads in the sand. Yes? Um, okay. I just feel This like is not a good conversation for you. You're about to have a baby. <laughs> uh, this is a bad conversation to have. Fasting thing seems a little like magical. I don't know if this is gonna come out right, but like, oh, you don't eat, and then like, there's an effect by that or something. Maybe. Which, you know, is really cool if it worked that way. I, I just feel like the position that our nation is in and how disconnected we are, the majority, I mean, actually I really don't know numbers, but like, I mean, I know there are a lot of from Jews, but if we, you know, that story that you shared um, the other week about the boy who couldn't even say Shema, I mean, that's a lot of us. And that was in Israel, let alone everyone else in the world, right. everywhere else. I, I just feel like that solution wouldn't touch a significant number of us. And, th and like, our issues aren't really related to being from, they're really related to just even, like, knowing God. No. Right? Yes and no. It's not on the people who don't know him to respond. Oh, well, it's on every, it's, we're all connected. But we know, we all like Leslie said, we're connected, so why don't we do? Yeah, so, but why don't we help those people? Well, we're trying. Right. But, I mean, There's I, a I, lot going on. To to that to feels reach. a little bit more action-oriented and like... I hear you. Like, I, I think you're very right that we want to bring Jews close to Hashem. I also think that we need to respond with a lot of tefillah all together. And, and a, a, a personally, I think that we should be fasting too. A number of weeks ago, they made a half-day fast for whoever. Yeah. That half-day, because it's not so simple to put a fast on people. It's not such a, you know? Wasn't that like Yeah, but, yes. Oh, Yom Kippur Building on what you just said. So, when Rabbi Feldman spoke this past Shabbos, and the world trembled, at least mine did. Um, but he was saying that there's this entire world of the Jewish community outside that our world is not connected to and they don't even know. And I know you say that it's not on them to know Hashem if they don't know. But on some level, 
part of me is is frustrated because even if you meaning it's not just that there there's a, you know we don't know anything about Yiddishkeit and we're curious there's there's a level of anger and, and hatred and we don't want to know anything about you and, and in fact we think that you're terrible and evil and you caused COVID and we see the Netflix show about you and we did it right no but I'm saying it, we are up against really really and not only that but if you have a conversation with someone let's say a, a reformed Jew and you say well you know, we want to show you Yiddishkeit. They're going to come back to you and say, well, what's wrong with my, like, you're saying I'm not religious enough? You're saying I'm not good enough? You're saying that the way I practice Judaism? It's, it's a very big challenge. It's, I, I don't think that, I hear everything you're saying. I don't think we can go into that now. I do think that if we were living carbonated, that we would be irresistible and that anybody who came to contact with us would feel such love and such respect and see such greatness that they would just be irresistibly pulled in. Right, okay. But if we really cared, we would be coming in contact with them all the time. Even if all of us were so irresistible that we were being impacting people, we're still, like how many people can each of us impact? It's true, we're gullus. But those of us who have the knowledge and are doing the work have to work harder. We have to fill in the gap for them. Like we said, when we talked about the boy who died and wanted to be buried with his surfboard, we have to fill in what's missing. That's what we're trying to do. So, and listen, I'm not a rabbi, and I'm not a wise man. I don't know any of the answers to any of these questions. I only have feelings, because I'm a woman. Okay? <laughs> so my feelings are that I think we need to bang down the, 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 the walls of heaven. I think we need to be banging the walls of heaven. And I think we need to be mastering ourselves, giving up our convenience, loving people who are, who are very difficult to love, and becoming holier, closer people to Hashem. And I think that is the answer. And yes, reaching out to other Jews. I don't know what to say. I don't know. We're begging for a leader. Somebody tell us. Get up. Tell us. We don't have a central figure. We're in Gullus. And guess what? We get what we deserve. Okay? If we don't have a leader like that, it's because we have not positioned ourselves. Every Jewish leader is a reflection of the people. The Melech is a reflection of the people. The Jewish leader is a reflection of the people. If we don't have a leading guide, it's because we don't deserve it. We have not created the conditions to have someone that we will all listen to. That's just the way it is. And that's not my feelings. That's my knowledge and understanding that I have been taught and that I understand. You look at the Navi, every time. You look at the Melech, every time. The, the, the Am, the Melech, the Am, the Shofet, it's always a reflection of the people. So... Of course it's a negative thing when we don't have a leader. Okay, good. You do that with a leader. Meaning that there's things we have to accomplish in terms of our moon when there is no clarity. You say this all the time. Good, right, that's right. But the fact that there is no leader is really a, a very sad thing. I hear what you're saying. So we have to, but it's, it's, it's almost impossible to do that. 
we have to find it within ourselves, but we don't have a leader guiding us. We don't have a gadol. The gadol is the one who guide us to be. To Which gadolim? I'm saying, saying that you're saying that we are reflect the gadol, but, but leaders lead the people and say, okay, we should be doing this now, or we should be doing that now. Right. And so, how do you get that the people to do it if they don't have a leader to tell them to do? Right. That's a problem. I'm just saying. Part of our problem now is that we don't have someone that we listen to. That is a problem. It's part of our problem. And it, it does, we, we respond with growth and with strength and we try to build our own amuna and everything. It is a problem. We are lacking leadership of that kind. But that's not really for us to discuss now. I, I don't, you know, I'm certainly not big enough to discuss it. And I don't, I don't it, it's a very painful thing for me personally to watch a people that are thirsty, 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 tell us what to do, tell us what to do, tell us what to do. And we don't know what to do. So each one of us in our own way has to be the best that we can be. And we can't continue to be today who we were yesterday. We just have to do something different. And we have to trust the Kodesh Baruch Hu more. And that's what we're trying to do by mastering ourselves. The job of Hanukkah is to listen to the truth of the Torah, to, to listen to our Chachamim, who are Torah scholars, when they tell us how to live and what the halacha is, and to honor them, and to, you know, we're in trouble, we're in goals, but they were, they were in worse trouble in, 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 in the times of, of Antiochus. Most of the Jews were misyavnim already. It was a small, small percentage of Jews that were actually holding on to the mitzvahs. A small percentage. So we're not doing so bad. We have communities, beautiful, beautiful. The Torah that's going on is amazing. We have people working on all kinds of things. The number of sfarim and books that are coming out are amazing. It's just unbelievable. So we are responding. There's a lot of good that's happening. Let's not make this all negative. But it is a terrifying time. Yes, Nava. Um, I just have a song here. I'm not going to sing it, but if you were at the middle school play, you should have that choose yourself song very prominently. Like like that loneliness that we're feeling and that like that play was so so magnificent. And this moment of like it's so so hard and there's nobody stepping up, so we have to choose ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well I was just gonna say that I'm not saying to do it on a global scale, but you know, you started off this class by saying, not this class, but your series about like that. What what is it about the um, the Jewish women? The commonality about all powerful Jewish women, and that we take a stand for the Jewish people and look for the look to the future. So I'm not saying that we need to take it on a global level, but we certainly all respect you as a a leader, why why couldn't we just take 40 women who decide to fast for the day and say to Hashem, we can't make the entire world do it, but we're willing to take 40 people and daven all day and... I don't know. And, I don't want to say and, about that. And, and, and I don't think women day. separate themselves from a community. Uh-huh. A community is men and women together. It's not, it's not traditionally what women do. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not... I'm not wise enough to answer that. But I do think that we can be like the women at the time of Hanukkah, who in spite of unbelievable odds, sent their husbands to fight a huge, powerful army so that they could continue to keep mitzvahs. 
because it was much easier to say, we're going to just keep mitzvahs in private. Because then everything, over time, everyone will forget everything. It's like the, the Muranos. In the end, most of them assimilated. And you can't, none of us can judge them. It was horrible odds that they faced. But the women as a whole in Hanukkah time said, we are taking a stand for mitzvahs. And so I feel like the women who are involved in living carbonated, I hope, are taking a stand for being more than just good Jewish women. We have to save the Jewish people. I really believe that. And we save the Jewish people by becoming bigger, by actually making Hashem a part of our lives, by learning to trust Him, even in very difficult situations. And everything He does, He puts into our lives so that we will grow, so that we will respond. It's not always pleasant. I look around the room, and I, I know a lot of people have a lot of very difficult challenges in their lives. Very difficult challenges. But that place of struggle is the birthplace of great, is the womb of greatness. That's what it is. We're in a place now where we're, we're, we're learning different ways of thinking. We're learning to overcome how we were. Maybe we can actually think loving things because love comes from Hashem. The whole world, it's all love. HaKadosh Baruch is all love. The Neshama only knows the language of love. But we sit in other places in our brains, right? Something goes wrong, somebody says something very difficult, painful, whatever, you process it. That's not a place of love. It's a place of judgment, it's a place of resentment, it's a place of self-defense, it's a place of making barriers. That's not what he's looking for. It's a hard job. Something in my life is not the way I want it to be, and I don't understand why God could do this to me. But if I love him and I know he loves me, and I know that he exists and that I have a purpose in this world, I can transcend. No one should be tested. But you see people transcending all the time in amazing ways. So they can do it, we can do it too. And we are much bigger than we know. So let's look at the page 10. <laughs> I, listen, we've touched on some things there that I have no right to say because I'm not a Tamachacham, I don't know. And everyone is struggling to find the right way to be in their lives and to feel better about who they are and what they're creating. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're going to start by making an overall vision. Each person, each person's vision will look different. And we want to make it as detailed as possible so that you smell it, you see it, you feel it. That's what we have to do with this vision. So let's just look at the page and see. The first step of the six layers is what? What am I building? What is the desired outcome? Jump into the future and see your life as you would want it to be. This is page 10. And then page 11 gives you a, a more opportunities to do this work, to change it, to tweak it, and you're going to look at the, the progression of your vision going from one step to the next step to the next step. And you can do it a million times. But what you want to do is you hold that, you're going to draw out that vision in detail, 
and you're going to look at that vision every day, at least once a day, because you want to visualize it and feel it. And, you know, we touched on this a little bit in our last series about trying on the clothes, right, trying to wear certain meadows. We're starting with what? The next layer is going to be who? Because if you remember, we talked about your identity emerges from your habits. So we're going to have to really explain who it is we want to be. But we're starting out with the what, okay? So we have drawn out this, a picture like this, many, many times. We could draw one on the board now together. First, let's just read it. One, what are the character traits that I would love to have? Two, what is the impact that I want to have on others in the world? Three, what does my relationship with Hashem look like? Four, in this picture of myself that I want to grow into, what am I doing? How am I feeling? What does my world look like? Listen to your dreamer voice when you do this. Shut down the realist voice and the critic for now. We're going to talk about those afterwards, okay? We're going to, we're going to try to talk about those. But shut them down. Just make a vision. Unlimited. Because what you really want inside is going to come out on this paper. So don't limit it. Draw out every aspect of your vision. Physical, emotional, spiritual, mental. Keep looking at this vision. Keep tweaking this vision. Keep rehearsing the desired outcome. So let's, let's just practice that for a couple of minutes. How about that? I have a question. Yes, please. It says draw out. You don't really mean draw. I do. You mean draw. We're going to draw out right now. What do we, why, don't I mean, why don't I mean draw? Can we label it with words? Yeah, of course we're going to put words. Oh, fine. Listen, everyone's going to do it in the way that works for them. I happen to think, just from my education thing, the more of your senses you involve, the more real it's going to be, right? So we want to use our imagination. When we use all here, we have an imagination for a reason. We have visualization for a reason. We can go into a place and feel what it would feel like. You can go into a place in the past where you felt a certain way because something worked. Go back into that place, you remember what it was, and then you try to draw that out and put it here. So we always start with a, a figure of ourselves, right? And then we have what we call our neshama. I just, it's, I don't know how to, how to visualize a neshama. We just put it over there, you know? And that is where we, we try to hear the voice of that neshama and we have five principles that enable us to really hear the voice. If you practice every day, take one principle and practice it, you will change. And you, not changing your essence, you'll, you'll become more of you because you'll connect to your neshama and you'll be able to make choices because you'll be driven by the neshama. And remember, the one mida tova is to try to master your natural tendencies. That's the only meat that we want to work on. Really, it's, this, it's the root of all other mitos, right? So we got to know what our natural tendencies are. That's going to be a piece of this. And that's why each person's vision is going to be different. You have one person that is very controlling. You have one person that's very self-effacing. You have one person that's always <laughs> angry. You have one person that's a people pleaser. You got to know where you're holding. This takes some introspection, his bonus, which we talked about in our last series. Remember that? Okay, 
So let's make up one. Let's all together make up a vision picture, okay? What does this woman want? Let's give let's give suggestions and, and let's and let's arrow them in and put what it put what is she doing? How is she feeling? Okay. What do you think? Like bodily or neshama wise? Everything wise, yes. She wants to be loving and she, you would care. Not that. wants to be. Well, you said, what do you... Yeah, I'm sorry. She's you're right, you're right. And she's talking... But like this is what she has achieved. <coughs> Put loving on your paper. That's something you want to be is loving. Okay? And when you put that on there, feel the love. What else do we want this vision to be? What else? Calm. Patient. Okay, calm. If you want to be calm, so we're going to say calm because... She has faith. She trusts Hashem. She is filled with trust in Hashem. You could draw that out however you want. You could turn it into a heart. You could turn it into a, a little cloud. Whatever you think faith would represent. Remember, you're dreaming of who you want to be. What else does she want? Let's just let's make a conglomerate of all of our visions here. Patient. Okay, so we're going to put... Patient. Focused. Focused. Okay, so let's have that come into our head. Now, focused may not be something she can control, but you could still visualize it and find what some people just have a hard time focusing. Because oh, but isn't that what we're talking about today? Focused, like, what do I do? Oh, oh, I see. Thinking, aware, thinking. Yeah. Thinking, thinking, choosing. Well, that's if if they can. I'm just saying you have to be careful because if they physically or physically, we're dreaming. We're dreaming. Good point. To be accepting. Accepting of others. Okay. Accepting. It has to be something that works for you. That when you look at it, you feel really good. Okay, happy, joyful. Connected. Connected. Okay, so put that out here because it's to others. What about healthy? Healthy. It's a very good healthy one. Healthy and active. Healthy and active. What about her relationship with Hashem? Connected. <laughs> what? Well, this can be another kind. Of, okay, good. Faith, connection. Selfless. Aware. Selfless. We want to put selfless there. So, obviously, we're putting a lot of things that don't necessarily hit each person here. You're going to make one that when you look at it, you feel like, whoa. Yes. I have a question. So, some of the words that people have thrown out, um, I don't want that. How do I know? If that, like, for example, selfless. I do not want that. But wait, wait, I want to ask a question. How do I know if that is my fear and critic? Oh, I'll never be that. And therefore, I hate selfless. I could go on a rant about selflessness. Or if it's just not something I want. Also happy. I don't want to be like the happy type. But that's because I don't think I can. So well, is that fear? Happy will not be on your page. I'm a truly happy person, obviously. I might put that on my page. How do you 
selfless comes up or you know happy and then you write down on a piece of paper why the word selfless what about selfless scares me why is that something I'm not ready to put on my page why does happy make me a little nauseous why is it something I want to put I don't want to put on my page and that's why you have at least three here in your thing and I hope you'll make 50. Because this is a process of discovery. So let's say a person's an introvert and somebody says connected. I don't want to be connected. I want to be alone. I want my own time. I go to work. I have to be talk to people there. But outside of work, I, I want. So don't put on your thing. But something comes up. Discover why. Is it that you're afraid of that? Is it the connotation of that word that you think can't work for you? Is it that you think you'll never make it? You have got to write about it, and then you will discover things. And so here's your first version. It's going to change. And also, remember, we want to leave. We're leaving fear out of it. We're leaving the critical voice out of it. Like, like Nava said, we're dreaming. We're only dreaming. What do you see as the ideal woman that is connected to Hashem and is a Kiddush Hashem and is living in a place of calm and love and care? I won't use the word connection. You know what I'm saying? You get to design that. And you have it inside of you. It's, that's why this is so personal. I would hope that no two visions are going to be the same. You get to dream. Suppose you always wanted to Write a book. Good. Author. Suppose you wanted to become an Not only character traits. What you what it says, what is my world like? I am writing books. I am making art. I am being a shaker maker. I don't know whatever. What does my world look like? That's not only character traits. What am I doing every day? What am I doing? Maybe I love creating things and sewing big, beautiful things. I put on here, sewing. What do you love? Put that on your vision. How does sewing have to do with our Yeah, I'll tell you how. Why on earth did Hashem give people certain abilities and strengths? Okay, so the person who's a good sewer, they have this ability to sew. Now, a person who is not, I mean, is that, is that, so that's the, the, the we all have a vote to take the, the, the tia that Hashem gave us, the positive ones, <laughs> to use it, right? And so this person does, is a sewer. Now, is that... She creates through her sewing. I'm talking about self-expression. Everybody... Everybody has pieces of themselves that make them feel good, right? So self-expression is very, very important. It's very, very important. I was at a Rob's house in Maryland 
um, in, in Silver Spring. We went to speak there and we ate lunch at the House of the Rough. And all over the dining room were pictures of Godolim and other, other pictures that he had painted. They were exquisite, absolutely exquisite. And he's a Rav, what is he doing painting pictures? You should be helping somebody, you should be learning Torah, you should be teaching a class. But that's his self-expression. Shem gave it to him for a reason. Right, so that's that's my that's where I'm going with this. So like, why would you make your dream to be a sower if that's not your nitia? Oh, you shouldn't. <laughs> this is not for everybody. So, this is for the person who let Barbara Fisher would put <laughs> sewing on her vision. Because you can use like everyone has like you can sew for good or you can sew like um. choosing self-mastery, right? We all will have things and at any moment that's the I, that's that's the being that's the living in the tension. Living in the tension means I love beautiful things. I want my house to be painted this way and I, I love that over there and I saw a picture I can so but here my home should be filled with Kedusha. I shouldn't be spending time on that. The tension is where you are born into your greatness. I'm going to use this to create a beautiful home that will have a kedusha and a sense of common beauty. But I will always be watching that tension. Is it the tzitzis? Is it the tzaka? Is it the cotton? Is it the wool? To always be thinking, why did you change lanes? Do I really need this picture in my home? I'd rather use the money for something that's more important. I would have liked to have it, but I can create things in a cheaper way. The rabbi, the artist, like, he has to make a decision. Like, is now the time that I should be expressing myself? Or is now the time I need to learn or you I need know, to help this person? Or, right. I'm not judging this person. I don't know. We have, I know. But I'm just saying the concept. The, it's a really hard thing. You know, the, Rebel Yashub, Rebel Yashub, who learned Torah very had a beautiful voice. People would love hearing him learn because it's a beautiful voice. He loved music. And as a young man one time, this is a man who learned almost like 22 hours a day, 
there was a special concert, I guess with a chazan or something in Yerushalayim somewhere, and he started walking towards it. He was very, very excited to hear it. And he said to himself, I could be spending this time learning. And he turned around. So what is that? Wait, all right. He didn't go to the concert. concert. Now, for him, that was his place of tension. That's not the place of tension for me. I'm going to the concert, I'm going to enjoy it and thank Hashem for it, right? That was his place of tension. You have your own place of tension. Not so. Where is it? I don't know. Because then all of a sudden... You just mentioned it. Okay, correct. struggles you're dealing with. I'm just saying, I think that that's... How are things going every day with your children? just taking care of myself and taking care of the baby, but my children need me, should I be out there, and should I be even make my husband do all this work, he has so much I have to do, he's supposed to have a learning session, but I really need him at home, and I need him to not go to shoppers because I can't manage the kids in the morning, that's your place, okay, get ready, develop the resources to know how she to did. deal with she has tension but she has the tools to navigate it first. good so you can put that in tools to deal with tension <laughs> <laughs> you could say listen we just yes Debbie do you think we could take five minutes in each class to work on one of these things? Like maybe we could take five minutes to start this. Why don't you do that right now? And then it's Why don't you like, do take let's a few minutes start your own right now? Start your own right now, okay? Start your own. What are you doing? What does your life looks like? Look like? Are you a businesswoman that you've always wanted to do? Have you started a business? Do you have the, the current, did, you, did Hashem help you to actually to put everything on here? Nothing's going to happen if it's wrong, and you're going to keep tweaking it. Dream about who you want to be. What if you have two really big visions? That you put it all down.
Take flute lessons. I don't enjoy them. I don't relate to them at all. Nothing. 
I outgrew them because other things in my life took the place or became more important to me. That's why this is an evolving thing. But along the way, we cut off part of ourselves. We don't believe in our greatness. We don't really, we, we would long to be a certain way, but it's not me, I'll never be that way, you know? But it's not true, it's all a bunch of lies. So make a vision and don't listen to the lies. You can always tweak the vision, you can cut it up, tear it up and throw it away. But it's true that you only have a specific amount of energy. So the energy's gonna have to go towards something. I'm gonna say something about that. I'm gonna say something about that. When people are connected to to life and at peace, the energy is tremendous. And when they're off white flour and sugar. And when they're off white flour and sugar. <laughs> you get very busy with children. children. People live out dreams even when they have children. They just ignore the children. <laughs> yes, my kids. Um, yes. My face right now is not going to be the same as it is in 10 exactly. years. Right? Exactly. Like you're, you literally. But. Don't you want the next 10 years to catapult you into a place that you really are, that you're really expressing who you are fully and not dampening down and tamping down your dreams and who you would no, like I'm to be? I'm going to have more dreams because I won't have kids. Okay, okay good. Right, fine. I'll be able to do all the things that are on my vision board because I won't have like. This is not a vision board. This is, I just, I'm glad you said that. This is not one of those vision boards. We're going much deeper here. We are going deep into who God created us to be. Human beings are phenomenal creatures. We have tremendous cocos, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. I hear already in this room the, the tamping down of who we're meant to be. But is this right? But is that right? But is it just dream? Do it all wrong. Be selfish. Be be too materialistic. Put it on your vision. You want to find out what really because that will give you an insight into what you want. Start off. Just, just be the biggest person you can be. That's what you want to write about. As let's make a list of this is a good question. Let's end with this. Let's end with this. To be a doctor? Okay, or ladies, we're going to close with this. It's a good question. Let's address this. First of all, I'm pretending that I know the answers. I don't. Let's just get this right. I don't. This is an experiment. She asked a good question. Are you supposed to put things on your vision that you think you should be wanting, like, I'm a good davener, right? So if it bothers you to think about that, because you know that that is something that is so crucial, write about it. Don't put it here or put davener, question mark, and then separately write about what stops me from being the davener that I want to be. How come I can't see myself ever being a daviner? I have seen and experienced people getting into davening in very, very big ways. If you work at it and work at it and work at it, it's very, can be very, very fulfilling. And you'll fail a lot of times, but why shouldn't that be your dream? But write about it. If you know you should put it on, but you don't want to, talk to yourself. 
in a paper. I don't want to put a good davener down. I know I should be. Why don't I want to write that? Because I think I never could be, because I hate to daven, because I don't have the mental focus, because I have too many distractions. Write everything down. This is a process. And Hashem appreciates this process because you're in that place of pshh, where you're pulled in every direction and you're trying to think about who you want to be. That's called ubacharta b'chayim. It's b'chira. It's choice. Exercise your b'chira. Even if you make the wrong choices, exercise your b'chira. Human beings make wrong choices, but they choose. Make wrong choices. Risk. It's okay. We're also a play that. Let's just be human. Let's be ourselves. That's the first step. You can always cross things out. You can always add things. You can always rip it up and start again. Don't fool yourself. Be you and be human. It could be like maybe some habits you want to have. like Habits that you want to build. Yes. Yes, and that's certainly possible. That we can work on. That's, that's workable. That's part of what we're going to do is working on habits. Remember, your identity emerges from your habits. So once you make a vision, you're going to figure out what habits you want to build. And then you start taking all little pieces of it. Your identity will evolve from that. That's where we're going exactly. We want to take the steps that enable us to get little pieces of the vision. Remember, we're going to take, let's say this person really wants to be calm. She has her whole vision. We're going to start with calm, and we're going to go into what that looks like, what it feels like. We focus on one piece at a time. Make a vision for a piece of your vision. You understand? And then we do all the six steps in terms of that piece of your overall vision. That's what's going to take us time. And you're going to resist. And you're going to be confused. And it's going to be upsetting. And you're going to do what? Good. Good. Are you going to wear the wool stitches and not get stuck up? Are you going to wear the cotton stitches and get stuck up? That is the birthplace of your greatness. Yes. In terms of, in terms of that, <coughs> like way too often to thinking about both sides of them, like that, that's something that I personally do because I think it's fun, but I could do it probably for forever. So is there like a point where you're supposed to... Yes. This is when I make a decision? Yes. So like, how, how do you know when I'm in? Well, that, you, that, I think that's part of mastering my natural tendency. A person has to come to a decision, right? So I want to practice making decisions and take something very small and really not so important and practice saying, should I make spaghetti meatballs for supper? Should I make broccoli quiche? Which it, spaghetti meatballs. But I should spaghetti meatballs. But, but what is what? But then where's the tension? The tension, the, the idea of tension is not to live in tension. <laughs> it's to make a decision that the tension brought you to. And you might make the wrong decision. But out there is saying to him, either way, it could be the other way. Right? You have to make a decision. Do you want to get stuck up? Do you want to have to miss up sits in the highest level? A person has to make a decision. That's what gives us power. We're not used to thinking these ways. We're not used to this. This is threatening and it's confusing. That's okay. 
because we're in it together, and we can make all kinds of mistakes and still be good people. So you have to, we haven't done all the pages. I don't know if we did or not. But you should now have pages through page, I think, 13. Right, we didn't do 13. We'll get there, Mir Tzashem. I'm sorry if you're going home confused, but you stand in front of the Hanukkah candles and you ask Hashem to help you master yourself and make good decisions in your life. And He will. Thank you, ladies, for putting up with me.